Hey everyone, it's Chuck Garfine. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast brought to you by Wintrust. It is Thanksgiving week. We are always thankful for all of our listeners and we are handing over the podcast to you. You pick the topics, you ask the questions as White Sox fans are taking over the podcast. Tuesday was part one. Today is part two. We're going to talk about a surprise trade and signing nobody's expecting. Well, you're asking what ours is, so we're going to come up with one. We're talking about second base. I got a guy no one's really talking about. Possible acquisition for the White Sox. Left field, Liam Hendricks, the Sox use of analytics. Why isn't there Sox Fest? And a whole lot more. Ryan McGuffey is going to join me. White Sox fans taking over the podcast. Just taking it over. Doing it again. Part two is next. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We know you love Chicago. You devour the pizza, admire Chicago skyline, and cheer on Chicago sports teams, especially the White Sox. If you wanted to live in a less amazing place, you'd settle for Cleveland. Why not bank with Chicago's bank too? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Wintrust White Sox debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust White Sox checking account. Learn more today at Wintrust.com slash Sox. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. That ball hit deep way back. Deep to the Holy cow. Carlton Press has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ballpark. You can put it on the board. Yes. We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, Ryan McGuffey. By the way, happy Thanksgiving to you. Oh, I'm getting my pre uh, my pre meal on. Talking out all my thoughts here so I can get boiled up for a nice big old plate of Thanksgiving, Chuck. Let's do this. Love it, love it. All right, Lukey. Lukey's got a question, and he asks, if the White Sox make one surprise trade or signing that's big, that nobody would think of, what would it be? Nobody would think of is tough, because I feel like people, everyone's got, like, I got one. I'm going to go. And this, right. this guy I think we talked about in the past. I love this trade because it, it, it's so good for the White Sox and it extends the possibility of the window. Okay. Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh. Brian Reynolds, he already said he doesn't want to sign long term there. He's not an unrestricted free agent until like 2026. It's going to cost, but the White Sox have the pieces and Pittsburgh is. They're starting to do things to make you go like, okay, like I see what's going on here. Like Ben Charrington over there. They're nowhere close, as we know. I think you can get Brian Reynolds. And okay. I think I think Brian Reynolds could go. He plays center field. 
So you either do one of two things. You either move Luis Robert to a corner, take some of the pressure off of his knees, or Brian Reynolds goes to a corner, solves a big problem. He had, tw- he had a down offensive year last year, and he had 27 bombs, which is a career high. Down offensive year with an 807 OPS, an OPS plus of 126, career 127 OPS plus player. It's going to cost you a package, something in like the Colson Montgomery, uh, Ronaldo Lopez, and for Brian Reynolds. Something like this, which I'll be honest with you, Chuck, bye-bye. Really? Like, I think I think the idea of, of Bye-bye Ronaldo, to Ronaldo Lopez, your potential I, future closer. I like the idea of Ronaldo Lopez being the closer. But I'm just saying, I'm looking I, – I, I threw Ronaldo's name out there. It's going to be a – they want pitching, right? They're going to want Colpac. I mean, I'm – my right. eyebrow – I'm tweaked, okay? Like, they don't have – like, if they're going to – if they want pitching, it's going to have to come from somebody on the roster now. But, like, a Gavin Sheets, uh, Colson Montgomery, Yoelki Cespedes, and, like, maybe a – and like, I don't know if all four of those guys are going to take it. But like some combination of that and a pitcher on your team that I think has to be either a starter or converted to starter. The only guy I can think of on that case is, you know, it's not going to be Jimmy Lambert. I think it's going to be, have to be like a Renault Lopez. That's, that's the type of trade that I, that I'm looking at. All right. Well, here's what I got. Now, as I said on the previous podcast, I think Yasmani Grandal is going to have a comeback season, bounce back season. And I've got this surprise trade. That's going to rock your freaking world. Please. All right. So if they can find a way to trade Desmond Grandal, okay, that's, that's A. Here's B. Are you ready for your world to be rocked, Ryan McGuffey? Uh, you're already, uh, I'm, yes, I'm salivating. What's going on? What if the White Sox acquire Salvador Perez <laughs> and reunite him with Pedro Griffol? The right, Royals already work. have MJ Melendez as their catcher of the future. He's their guy. Uh, Perez is making $62 million the next three seasons, so that's, it's, it's going to cost. He's 33 years old. He did not have a good season last year, but I think he was hurt because just in 2021, don't forget, he led the American League with 48 homers and 121 RBIs. Crazy. So would the Royals even be willing to give an, a, an AL Central rival Salvador Perez? I don't know, but that would answer your question, Lukey. Not Lukey. Is it Lukey? That would yeah, Lukey. Surprise trade or signing that no one would ever think of. Salvador yeah. Perez to the White Sox. There it is. That well, would, uh, yeah, I, I think the Sox would have to overpay for that to happen. Yeah. Not just financially, but if the Royals were trading a guy that they could build a statue of to the an, in, an in-division team. But if it was ever going to happen, Chuck, it would happen now. New yes. management, new front office. Yes. It could happen. I, I don't hate it. Okay. I would love I mean, Don't hate it. Jeez, I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dave Mack, Drink Socks, Joe Dennis, all ask questions about second base. Uh, my answer to this is stay tuned <laughs> because there are at least 10 different possibilities. Free agents, Adam Frazier, Gene Segura, Brandon Drury, trade candidates, Glaber Torres, Brandon Lowe, in-house candidates, Lenin Soso, Romy Gonzalez, but I got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. Good. And he's no longer with the Royals. So I'm going to have to worry about a trade from, yes, from an an AL Central rival. 
Whit Merrifield was traded to the Blue Jays. He's only making, by the way, this is going to be tough for them to trade him, $2.75 million this year, down from oh $7 million last year. I know, it's crazy. Uh, they have their second baseman of the future, Santiago uh, Espinal. Is that how you pronounce his name? Mm -hmm. uh, Merrifield played right, center, and left last year. Struggled in Kansas City at the plate, played better in Toronto. But, I mean, give me Whit Merrifield for a year. Trade, I mean, I don't know what you, what you, what you trade to Toronto, but there's a guy I want. What do you think? Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've wanted him on the Sox like when he was really good. So now this makes sense for them to acquire him. So I would just, my recommendation here is of the, for the three of you, drink Sox. Just kind of live after your name for the for, in the time <laughs> being. Let's just all get through this together as we wait and see. Uh, I, I'm with Joe, though. Please, God, don't let it be Leary. Okay? So it's not going to be Leary Garcia. Yeah. Jer not. Joe, I think we're all in the same uh, same spot there. Yeah. It, we could do all – we've done – talked about this a lot, second base. I don't know where they're going with it. I, I know that Han said preferably – I think he said preferably a left-handed second baseman, but I don't know what they're going to do. Give me Whit Merrifield. Uh, we got – Let's do this. Uh, Rick, why didn't anyone have Andrew Benatendi as an option when thinking about potential fits for the team? Rick, I got to be honest with you. I messed up. I would love Andrew Benatendi on this team. I don't know why we didn't talk about him on the previous podcast. Left-handed, puts the ball in play, doesn't strike out. All-star, gold glove finalist in 2022. But are the White Sox going to pay what's projected? Okay. Five years, $75 million. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. Should they? Should they, Ryan? Yes, they should. Well, no. If you're going five for 75 for Ben Attendee, be in the market for Brandon Nemo. Okay. I don't think I don't I don't think Ben Attendee's getting five for seventy-five. I think he's more like three for fifty or something. Okay. Okay, maybe four for fifty, maybe four for sixty. And I and 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 Rick to your to Chuck's point, I piggyback what Chuck said. He's probably more of the realistic White Sox target than anyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that wouldn't surprise me if Andrew Benatendi, and yes, it would fill a huge hole, both at, at, a, at a spot they need defensively and anything. You, look, I'm, all, I'm to the point now, Chuck, where I actually don't even care about what a guy brings offensively anymore. You know, like, do you play great defense? Are you good in the clubhouse? And do you fill a hole? <laughs> that's, that's so sad because. If the power is not going to come from the guys you've invested in, it's you can't buy that power anyway. So that's kind of, you know, if Aloy's not going to hit 40, Robert's not going to hit 30, Vaughn's not going to hit 30, it ain't happening. Are you a believer in Ben Attendee that he's going to be really good for the next three years? He's 28, so he's not going to get old. I'm a believer that he's more of a three- to four-year deal than he is a five- to six. So, yes. Look, Chuck, it's free agency. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have, that's what you got to gamble a little bit. You're probably going to pay for a year or two, you know, that you don't want to. But Ben Attendee fits exactly what he's a, he is more of the White Sox market right now. Yeah. And he and is it, what they need in many ways, many respects. Like I said, left handed hitter. He's, now he might be waiting to see what Brandon Nemo does before he signs. Like he might be like the next. But if, if I'm the White Sox and you know you're not swimming in the Nemo pool, and we yeah. don't know that, then you're, aren't you going to Benatendi sooner than later going, hey, let's get you locked in here? I, I, I mean, I, that's, you know, it seems so foreign, I know. Greg Probst or Probst, probably Probst, 15, 
Should the White Sox trade Liam Hendricks in this slim reliever market? Uh, Southside Irish asked this as well. It's a great point when you consider that the remaining closers who are free agents that I can tell are Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, David Robertson. Uh, Hendricks is making $14 million this season. If they trade him, uh, an option automatically kicks in for 2024 at 15 million. So asked Morosi this on the podcast a couple weeks ago because mm-hmm. um, I do think it's worth entertaining. It's a guy that he's been one of the best in the in baseball the last three years. So you don't necessarily want to deal him, but the question is more about looking at the the way the reliever markets. I mean, Edwin Diaz just got 102 million, so. It makes sense to explore the idea if it make if it works. Now, Morosi did have a good point that what he's owed over the course of the next two to three years is really kind of right at or above market level for what he would get on the open market, which means it's actually not in the White Sox favor like you would think so. It, it really more pinpoints like three to four teams who lost out on a big name closer. So when he said that, it made me think, well, then you're reeling him back in and and then the, the, the follow-up to that is, if you do trade him, are you ready to hand the ball to Ronaldo Lopez in the ninth inning for a team that's going to tell you that they're trying to win the AL Central in 2023? I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's something worth monitoring. I just, now that I'm a little bit more informed on the subject after talking to John, and he, he knows the landscape a lot more than Chuck and I do from a national perspective. Yeah. Uh, it made me a little bit less it made me more lukewarm on the subject because i just don't think there's as many players in the field now you trade them you're not going to get much in return you're basically thinking all this money is now available to me to spend but then i'm also looking at you know when they have you, you add garrett crochet to this bullpen next year and you still have Hendricks. that's a bullpen that that's a great freaking bullpen and but is it you know, you, you get rid of Hendricks. Obviously, everything obviously thins out in the bullpen. But then what are you going to get? It's a it's a big juggling act. But is Garrett Crochet part of, like, definitely tradable, but are you selling low? Or is – I don't think you're you, – you, yeah, I don't think this is the year to trade Garrett Crochet coming off Tommy John. What are you going to – you're not going to get much for that. You got to keep him. Yeah, I, I, I'm just yeah. – uh, yeah. All right, Brian Adams asks, and this is not the Brian Adams, the uh, singer from the 80s and 90s. Oh, uh, and, and if it is, How do you welcome know? to the podcast, Brian Adams, uh, summer of 69. Brian Adams spells it with a Y, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So. But, but you know what? The listeners didn't have to know that, Guff. You just totally blew my cover. Damn it. All right. Brian Adams asks, what is one change non-roster related you would make to improve the fan experience at Guaranteed Rate Field. To piggyback off of that, we got this from Bradley Delat, uh, I think is how he pronounces his name. Guaranteed Rate Field is the only stadium in Chicago that doesn't give main concourse access to every fan that buys a ticket. 300, 500 ticket holders are denied access to the statues, team store, great food and drink choices. Uh, is it economic discrimination or justified? Um, you want to go first on this? Uh, first off, I, I I like that point made by who's our guy Bradley. 
Yeah, Bradley, Brian, yeah, uh, Bradley, okay. we should we should lift the ban on that. I, I do think it's probably more of like, hey, you paid for these services. I, I do. We know that there's a lot of empty seats sometimes in the hundred level, so it might be to to try to avoid the five hundred level coming down to the one hundred level. Which, quite frankly, I don't have a problem with. If there's empty seats, fill, fill it the up. lower bowl, fill yeah. it up, man. Make it look good rather than the splotchy paint in the five hundred level. You deserve. Look, we shouldn't be sitting here saying like you can or can't do this based on your ticket. So like lift that crap. Like, that's a crappy ban. It came into play. It wasn't always like that at the ballpark. Yeah, and if you have a 500 level ticket and you go down there in the 100 level and you try to sit in one of those seats, there's someone who's there to say, "Hey, well, you don't have a ticket here, so you can't sit here." Fine. Which I've tried to do. I've tried to do that many yeah. times at other ballparks, and you know, it's like, "Let me see your ticket." Oh, yep, sorry, we're not supposed to be here. Um, I d- I definitely think to 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 the point. Uh, the, the fan experience, Chuck, what, what do you have for the fan experience? Because I just I have one. I lost my train of thought by talking about that 500 level thing. Well, uh, Mike Locke said you should add Harold's <laughs> chicken to the menu and turn the park 180 degrees. Well, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if we got to mess that park, up back in 1991. Yeah, yeah that opportunity <laughs> came and went. Uh, but the That's Harold's not chicken fixable. Shack, the Harold's chicken shack is absolutely fixable. Uh, Look, they've done a lot. We all know they've done so many great yeah. things to ballpark since it opened. They had that what six, seven year stretch where they kept improving the experience, and it was into the 2005 season. You know, they had the blue seats still; those are still pods, and, and Canerico seat are still there. I think Guaranteed Rate Field actually is one of the better fan amenity parks. You know, if you have kids, the ability to get up and walk around the entire concourse with them. Uh, you know, we know the kids deck where it used to be the fundamentals deck. Yeah. Uh, all of that adds, adds to the experience. But I would say right now, like getting in, getting in sucks. Oh yeah. And if, if you're tailgating, uh, the, the lines that the, the amount of innings lost to fans trying to get into the ballpark, uh, quite frankly, at this point, it's unexcusable. And it should not be this hard. I mean, especially now, there's no tickets. It's just your phone's your yeah. ticket. And uh, there shouldn't, like, that needs to change. Like, to me, I could sit here, and I, there, I can give you a lot of, like, things that could be fun. But if we're just talking about, like, things that can be fixed right now, fans should be able to walk into the park and go to their seat. Not wait and, like, and they should be able to have a beer or two or a dog or a burger in the parking lot and go to the game, Chuck. 10 minutes before first pitch and be able to walk in, not stand in line that's 2,000 deep. I can't disagree with any of that. I like, I endorse all of that. Um, I didn't really come up with anything other than, because they added the rainbow cone. That's what I wanted. That's what I got. <laughs> I had it three times at the park last year, maybe four. Uh, thank you, White Sox, for adding that to the menu. Um, but I agree with everything, with everything that you said there, Ryan. Uh, let's see here. We're running short on time because I got to host uh, a show. Um, <laughs> where should we go here? How about this? Jim K60. Uh, are Joey Gallo and Cody Bellinger even worth a flyer at this point, or would they just make the offense harder to watch? I thought they were worth a flyer last year. I thought Joey Gallo going to the Dodgers was like, of course he's going to the Dodgers. He's going to turn around. Ap- Why? Yes. They're both worth a flyer. Absolutely. You're talking. First of all, one guy's an MVP. I mean, and the other guy's a multi-time All-Star. With a goal. Like, yeah, they could fall in line and be like Adam Dunn was his first year, which was horrific. But 
Chuck, I don't know what you think on this, but I the, I just don't – why would Cody Bellinger – he's going to have more offers. Yeah, give me Bellinger, but I think he's going to go somewhere else. I think he needs to stay in the National League, so at least he has familiarity with those pitchers. Yeah. Um, Joey Gallo is interesting to me. It'll cost, I'm assuming, not much. But I, I just don't know what you're getting. He had a 79 OPS plus – last season, which is way below average, league average. But in 2021, when he was with the Rangers, he had a 138 OPS plus. I mean, this there's a bang and bust with Gallo, and he's a, he's a good defender too. You know, it, he gets me thinking. It would matter, but it comes down to what are you getting from him? How much are you expecting of him? How are you playing him? You got Colas is probably going to be your right fielder. You know, I remember that Yankee stuff. Like, he's not going to be ridden like he was in New York. Yeah. But all the fans know that story now, too. So, you know, not a, this market actually would probably be really good for him. And actually, the South Side would probably be great for him. Um, I just don't know how he'd perform. I don't know what kind of player he still is. Can he turn it around and be the old all-star from the past? I, I don't know. But, you know, we talk about the lack of power. I mean, man, if he, if he were to run into – he can run into 30 home runs. The question is, you know, the question was, is he worth a flyer? And I like when yeah. you ask like that, like I'm looking right now at Joey Gallo, and I know we're tight, but like career, it feels like he's hit a guaranteed rate field. He has an 843 OPS with uh, five bombs. So yeah. well, I played six, 19 games, 16 starts. So he fell into home runs just into the random games he's played there. That's a 112 OPS plus. So flyer, yes. Likely, probably not. Menachino Magic. Yes, that's his Twitter handle. Why is this organization so adverse to analytics? All right. I want to talk about this a little bit. So Rick Hahn did say this at the, his season-ending press conference. I'm going to quote him because I think it's interesting. He goes, analytics will be a greater priority on this staff than it was on the last well, that's a lock. Sit there for let that sit there for a little bit. Okay. He also said this: we operate a little bit more quietly than perhaps some other clubs. We don't list in the media guide certain consultants who work with the organization or certain resources that we have. But I get that perception. This is him continuing. It goes back 20 years that we were not necessarily at the forefront of analytics. I will say that. I think for the last several years, it's factored in our player development, in our scouring decisions, and I think going forward, it will play an even larger role in our on-field decision-making. So that's Rick acknowledging the past, hopefully it's in the past, and where they, he thinks the team and franchise is now and going forward. And from the sounds of it, Tony LaRusso did not really exactly use analytics like he probably should have, especially when there was a one-two count and he decided to intentionally walk a couple of guys. I mean, Shelly Duncan was their analytics coordinator. Yeah. So, <laughs> no! Is Hawkman, I know, like, to Rick's point, I mean, I think the White Sox are, uh, the at least what's public, have the fewest amount of, staff members on in analytics and baseball that we know that we know that's, that's Rick's point that but so what don't we know do they have 10 guys that are behind closed doors 
So what's that put a middle of the pack? So it's even that it's not a huge secret. And if the White Sox have guys behind closed doors that are not publicized, what are the teams that have guys publicized? You don't think they don't have guys? So <laughs> look, it's no secret that they haven't. And I think the reason is because they have mixed opinion in the front office. Yeah. Yeah. And and they have for a long time. And as you know, Rick said, this staff will be more open to it than the last. Well, Rick got to go through a thorough search for this manager and get the guy he wanted. So I think it's it's safe to say that Rick's more in favor of analytics, Chuck, than maybe some of the guys who uh, are, you know, like the Kennys and the – so the, the answer to the question is why. It's just because there's just not – not everyone's on the same page. I, I It has to be said. It's, it, it's not like I'm breaking news. I mean, Tony La Russa – was not every was not the people's choice. Yeah, it wasn't. So we don't know what happens behind the scenes. I'm assuming they recommended some lineups to him, and that that, that went uh, on that, that goes on in every clubhouse. And I don't know how many of the clubhouses. Ozzy said, hap- said it happened when he was manager. Yeah, yeah. And there's and a lot there of old, that- and there are a lot of old school managers. Dusty Baker, old school. Houston Astros. They've got a lot of analytical guys, and Dusty is a blend of both. So. Um, it's the it's it's the outright refusal that's the problem. Yeah, it's not that it's not. Oh, a manager should be allowed to look at a suggested lineup and go, "Oh, I see where you're going here. You know what? Tonight I'm going to do it." Or every night you're getting it, just going. Yeah, know, I, I want to reserve judgment. I want to see how this new coaching staff works, and we'll see. I, I think there's going to be a, a difference, and then it's not just with the manager, right? Let's just let's the just see what th- happens. I, 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 I said that, Chuck, in part one of the podcast that yeah. I'm most excited about seeing year one of Pedro Grafal because I, 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 it's hard to evaluate this current team because we are so – we've been so brainwashed with what we've seen, and I think we're oh, there's going to be some things we haven't been used to in a long time. All right, two, more, two more questions quickly. Uh, Jeff, Jeff asks, why hasn't any reporter asked for the specifics – as to why SoxFest was canceled. Can any report hold the team accountable for some actual real answers? I would love to know the answers. I don't know any answers, do you? I don't know answers, but I do know, you know, some, like, I know that being released on a, I'll say this, I know the Friday afternoon release of that news was not unplanned. That's usually a news dump time frame. Yeah. And uh, because I think I think everyone knew what the reaction would be. It would be very unpopular. It should be. Yeah. A new manager with a team that struggled last year. You know, Chuck, like it is frustrating. You know, I I haven't felt the buzz and energy from the White Sox. I'm talking about like like legit. When we walked out of that McCormick place in January of yeah. 2020, before, right before the pandemic. I was ready to like, play for the White Sox. I was so like, I'm, I'm like, Chuck, have you, I've, it's been 20 years since I felt like any, like the fans were great. Everyone was jacked up. We did that live show from there. Remember that? Yeah, we did like it, was, the live it was awesome. White Sox at night or whatever. And I, I, re, I remember walking out of there going, we, this is something. Like, something's happening. And the White Sox team. are going to own this city for the next five years. Yep. And then six weeks later, somebody pulled the plug on life. <laughs> and 
and and the since then, yeah, and since then it's just been, you know, twenty like twenty twenty. Just getting sixty games was such a blessing that it, it, getting to the playoffs and the Oakland thing happened. But twenty twenty, then they hired Larusa, and it all just yeah. And I have to not have Sox Fest. I, I just think is uh, sometimes you got to take a hit in order to move forward, and I, I think they should have. I think they should have had it. I yeah. really do. Um, we don't work for the team. There is obviously a connection, a partnership no. between. <laughs> that might be that's break. That's that, that's breaking news, Jock. Yeah, <laughs> there's a partnership between us and them. Uh, so I don't want to speak for the team, but from where I sit, I think we need Sox Fest. And when I, mean, I say we, I say us, the media, you fans, and I think the White Sox need Sox Fest. And unfortunately, there isn't. I don't know what the decisions were as to why they decided not to do it. Um, I think it's a missed opportunity. Finally, and I got to go, so really quickly, Chris, does number 79 get retired when he stays or leaves? The answer, 100%, is yes! Jose Easiest Abreu. guess of all time. No one's going to wear number 79 ever again. He'll hey. have a statue. He'll be the next statue, too. Yes, I, I agree. Maybe not. Maybe Ozzy. Ooh. Ooh. It should be. Ozzy, let's make that happen in 2023. Uh, hey, Guff, this was great. Uh, White Sox fans, you delivered once again your questions, your thoughts, your comments on par. Loved them all. And uh, Happy thank Thanksgiving, you. everybody. Chuck, happy Thanksgiving, brother. Yes, I'm going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta? Yes, they got all my money. They got Atlanta. all my money, Atlanta. Visiting my sister. Got a big old family get-together in Atlanta, Georgia. So, Godspeed uh, and all the best, Chuck. All right. And to everyone listening to the White Sox Talk podcast, uh, my thanks to Claire and Vinny for putting these podcasts together for all of you. And uh, that's a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson, happy Thanksgiving. Take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.